It's partly cloudy and minus three in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. Police continue to investigate after a fatal incident south of Strathmore early this morning. Around 4.10 a.m., police received reports of an incident on Highway 817 approaching Highway 22X. One man is dead, but details around exactly what happened have not been released. The highway is closed four kilometers north of the scene. Police in New Zealand now believe Friday's attacks at two mosques in Christchurch were the work of one shooter alone. A new arrest has been made related to sharing video of the attack made by the shooter using a helmet-mounted camera. Reporter Will Carr has more from Christchurch. Three other people were initially arrested. We've learned that they had nothing to do with the shooting. Another man has been arrested for sharing that horrific video of the online stream of the attack. And as for the gunman, he's facing one murder charge. You can expect that number to jump exponentially in the coming days. The death toll currently stands at 50. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I'm over Barlow Trail right now and the sun is definitely beginning to be an issue for drivers. But still nothing to slow you down entirely. Light volume all throughout the city, pretty normal for a Sunday morning. Stars Lottery is over 95% sold. Don't miss out on over $4.5 million in prizes. Deadline March 21st. Tickets at StarsLotteryAlberta.ca. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Kay Youssef. More tweaks to the federal Liberal cabinet are coming. A senior government official says Justin Trudeau is expected to announce the shuffle, the third change-up since the beginning of the year, on Monday. In January, the PM moved Jody Wilson-Raybould to Veterans Affairs from Justice. He had to make one more change and many after, after she quit cabinet over the SNC-Lavalin affair. Jane Philpott stepped down a few days after that many shuffle, saying she'd lost confidence in the government due to allegations it attempted to influence a criminal prosecution of the Quebec company. Police are crediting an off-duty officer from Calgary for finding an Edmonton boy who was the subject of an Amber Alert. The alert for the 8-year-old was issued late Friday after police believed he was abducted from school by his mother and was believed to be in danger. It's reported she was not supposed to have access to the child that day. Police say the Calgary officer saw the pair early yesterday thanks to the Amber Alert that RCMP from Okotoks took the woman into custody. The boy is safe and the woman faces a charge of abduction. U.S. President Donald Trump has tweeted that he finds it terrible that Google, in his words, is helping China and their military, but not the U.S. The cyber giant fired back today, saying they were not working with the Chinese military. Instead, they were working with the U.S. government, including the Department of Defense, in many areas, including cybersecurity, recruiting, and health care. Google has been under fire for developing a search engine for China that could allow for censorship and for not renewing a controversial contract that helps the U.S. military. Taking a look at sports, the Canucks are on the road tonight to face Dallas in one of seven NHL games. Vancouver had a serious blow to its slim playoff hopes on Friday when it blew a two-goal lead and fell 3-2 to New Jersey in overtime. The Oilers have a quick turnaround as they continue their three-game road trip with a stop in Vegas against the Golden Knights. 
Edmonton opened its trip last night with a 3-2 overtime win in Arizona against the Coyotes. And Chelsea Carey is trying to rebound as she plays twice today at the Women's World Curling Championship. She'll face Germany in the early draw before taking on Latvia in the evening draw. Canada lost against South Korea yesterday to open the tournament. Global News Calgary weather today. Mix of sun and clouds looking to jump to a high of 9 degrees. And then clear for this evening. Our low staying just above zero. Sunny skies in the forecast all next week with temperatures in the teens. Monday plus 11, Tuesday plus 14. And for the first day of spring, Wednesday, we'll see a high of 16 degrees. It's minus 3 at 9.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 9.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And it's almost one of our favorite days of the year, St. Patrick's Day, where we green it up all the time down at Spruce It Up. (laughs) We kind of like this green it up day. And uh, not necessarily all the green beer, which is... I'm sure a lot of people like to partake in a little bit of that, which is always lots of fun. Um, But uh, definitely the Green It Up fits in with all the plants. Lots of cool green down at the garden centers nowadays. And uh, and we're going to see some green soon here once uh, we keep this weather coming up. This week looks fabulous. We're going to have the big melt on. Heading up into the 17 degrees, which is um, I, one way I've noticed. I'm looking out my window last night and uh, last week or whatever it was, the, the the lights in the backyard were buried under the snow. So you could just see the light coming up through the snow. And then I go last night and they're sticking out of the snow about three inches. So uh, we've had a pretty good melt on. So all that mo- nice moisture slowly going into the into the ground. It was nice that we've had a slower melt for the first bit of this of the heavy snow so a lot of the moisture can just slowly go into the ground because there's a lot of frost in there where i think they're saying it's down four to six feet which is really deep um in consideration to what we get a lot of times so it's good to get that the water in slow it doesn't really do a lot right now to water to water your trees and shrubs like you if you have some dry soil up against the foundation, things like that, if you can dig in, um, it might not hurt to throw some of the snow on there or, or wash down your evergreens and things like that, get all the dust off if you haven't done that. But to, to try and water your trees out there, a lot of the ground is just so frozen, it's just going to pool on top and really not get in there. So um, I really wouldn't waste any of that right now. But definitely, like I said, foundation plantings, things like that. Your evergreens could use a little wash down, knocked all the dust and the and anything that's nesting inside those was definitely a good idea at this time of year. And uh, I know it's uh, we got a couple more weeks left of where you can prune the elm trees. So if you're if you're looking at that, get a hold of a your arborist. And uh, I know Mark and the boys that prune it up. They've been busy doing all kinds of pruning and uh, all that. We're very happy with a great team down at Prune It Up. So the boys there are looking forward to, if you need any tree care there, they'd be more than happy to help you out. And we're going to be adding a new division coming up this spring. We've had such good success with the Green It Up lawn fertilizer, just selling the fertilizer at the store. We're going to start a Green It Up tree and lawn care. So we're going to actually fertilize trees, deep root fertilizing, 
and green it up lawn care. So we're going to apply the lawn fertilizer for you as well if you if you don't want to do it yourself. So we'll have pricing and all that uh, in the next week or so. And Mark um, is going to join me next week and just to chat about the program and and what he's going to offer um, in the packages to uh, to get your trees greened up in the lawn and all that kind of fun stuff. So looking forward to that. Uh, fairly big demand. A lot of people are already out buying the the lawn fertilizer. It it is it's getting real close. Like you can put it on. Uh, you, some people put it on before the snow melts, which which is fine too. But it's nice to just let it put it on there as the snow melts. It gets into the soil, gets your roots going nice and good. So when it when when it does warm up and start growing, there's food down there for it to to eat at that time, which is. Always important. We have such a short season fertilizing your trees and shrubs, your house plants. It's always good to get everything on a good feeding schedule, and you, you will see the results. Absolutely. So if you want to join me, if you have any questions regarding plants or any of that kind of fun stuff, give me a shout, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And... Uh, we're, we're starting the landscaping, getting lots of calls coming in and different things going on. Our design department is uh, going great and uh, looking forward to that. And uh, Joanna Chudy, who you've had uh, the pleasure of listening to me on the show, she is uh, going to join us on the landscape division again. She took a hiatus for a couple of years, but she's going to be back in full force. And uh, looking, so if you're looking to get any designs and things done like that, You'll be able to come down, and uh, or Joanna will come out to your house and uh, and help you out with that great design. And she knows so much stuff. It's it's such a the guys are so excited. They can't wait to have her back um, working with us, designing those great yards. And and it's the one thing nice with Joanna. She knows the plants so well. Like and that's the nice competition or the completion of a of a good landscape design. And and that's if you are working with other landscapes that. Just really check on the plants. I, that's There's so many good landscapers in town as well, but some of them do lack in the plant selection. They Everyone goes to the potentilla, juniper, sort of your basics things because that's sort of what, what we know back in the day. But there's so many great new plants that work in small yards that will fit in and and just design. When we've had so many calls lately. We've done quite a bit in the revamping of condo complexes. I know Mark has been out at a couple, just finished a couple in Woodbine and and things like that. And it's just, and we did a really big one a couple years ago in Varsity where we just, we totally gutted it and replanted it. And we mainly use Rostherns, Gladiator Crabs, Columnar Spruce. And in the bigger areas, we use some big Toba Hawthorns and things like that. But it's, it's it's just picking the right plants. And so many times, and I've talked about this last year, people that, um, and developers and things that, they go get what's the cheapest tree possible. And right now you can get Schubert's really cheap. Some of the big spruce trees are less expensive. It's just because they're not in as high demand. We don't have the big yards where you can't fit those big trees in anymore. And they plant them right up against the house. And it's just, you're going to have nothing but problems. So picking the right trees for the right spots. Those big trees definitely still have a play in landscape. And I know I live down in Cranston. And so we have, there's a few lots down there that are like football fields. Like those guys, we can fit three or four of those big laurel leaf willows in there and some other big trees. 
But some of these smaller infills and that, like they're, you have no reason to be planting a spruce tree or a laurel leaf willow or Schubert's right up against the house. So just really paying attention to what what kind of trees are available um, for your application. And we have a good um, tool on our website. It's called a plant finder. So if you go on the spruce it up, siugc.ca or .com, spruce it up garden center.com, there's a plant finder. So you can type in what you're looking for and it'll spit out a whole bunch of suggestions and you add to my plant list. So it just gives you that. So when you, when you go shopping for your trees and shrubs or talking with your landscaper, you can say, Hey, these are kind of what I'm looking for just to give us an idea. And, uh, I think it's a good idea. All right. I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm not sure how much I'm going to know about this one, but we'll, we'll give it a shot. Good morning, Kim. Hi, Kim. Kim. Nope. Hi, good morning. How are you this morning? <laughs> good, how are you? It's a glorious day. I'm feeling, oh gosh, I should have shorts on today. <laughs> Absolutely. Get warming up, I guess I can. Yes, Absolutely. Hey, I don't know whether you're going to have the answer to this question or if Morning Mary, she might have the answer to that question. <laughs> But I know in the Farmer's Almanac, there's a certain time that you can plant your seeds and it's based under the number of full moons that have been produced and when the best time to plant. So my question is, how many full moons? Do we do it from the last growing season end or do we do it to the beginning of like January 1? Do we start counting the full moons? Um, well, you can start here. Just, actually, one way of doing it, I know it's something to do with the red light of the moon, um, but no growers really follow the moon, I'll be honest okay. with you. Okay. <laughs> if, if you can, I think back in the day when they didn't have uh, readily calendars, things like that, they would use those type of devices to try and tell you what season it is and yeah. things like that. Um, nowadays, we don't need that. And so when you sort of, we know when, when April is and March and things like that, but it's good to follow, I guess, and it makes it kind of fun. But really, if you're looking for it to help or anything, it's really dependent on more space of when you want to start seeding. If you have lots of room or at a greenhouse that's heated, okay. like we used to start January 2nd or 3rd. For we, tomatoes. Well, not even for tomatoes. We'd do our pansies because we had to grow okay. so many things. Yeah. But season. Yeah. yeah. But also, a lot of people start seeding earlier because they have so many things to grow. Because if you wait later in the season and you seed something, like we could have waited till right now to really seed um, or or February to feed or seed pansies, then they would have been fine because there's more light. But we just yeah. didn't have enough time because we had so many plants to seed and get going. You had to start so early just to get everything through your time frame. Yeah, and also, I mean, the fact of how many hours of sunlight there are, for example. Absolutely. So that's what I was saying. That I dug up some dirt because I just put it in my tomato planters outside in November. Well, lo and behold, one of the tomatoes had self-seeded. So now I've got a tomato growing in my kitchen that is about uh, 18 to 20 inches high, and it has blooms that are all open already. That's awesome. Well, then that and that's a good thing, but you can... How big a pot do you have that in? It, I've got it in like a, a 
painting bucket. Like it's about twelve to eighteen. Okay, so that's fairly seat. decent size. Yeah, yeah. So that'll that should last you till spring till you get it outside, and then you can transplant that into a big twenty-inch pot or or a twenty-four-inch pot if you want to put it outside. Yeah, nice and deep. Yeah, absolutely. You okay. know, you can put that I, right in the bottom and then bury it about okay. three quarters, and you'll be amazed how how much it'll just take off like crazy. Okay, so that's question number three. I've already had yep. but one more question. Um. I'm doing experimentation. I'm pretending I'm a scientist, and I used to do this with the kids when they were young, but cutting off the top half of a carrot because it's already sprouting or getting greenery. So then I cut it off, and I put it into a pot of the planting soil, and already my green tops are up like close to two inches. Is there any chance of that sending off the roots down to grow I, I believe it, I believe it will carrot, I believe it will because I've seen a lot of that where people are doing that with um celery um yeah, lettuce yeah. Yeah. um all kinds of different things so I that's kind of the they're, that's the repurposing the roots and yeah. and things like that so I, I believe that should be able to spit out some uh some of that for you. So okay, hey, wonderful. Just, if you just hang on one sec, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull Mary on in this call. We'll oh, ask her if she's go. actually on the other line. I'll just get her in and ask her about the moons. We'll okay. see. She's always full of something. Thank you. Maybe we'll find out. All right. Good morning, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> What's Hi, going on? Kim. Hi, Kim. Mary, I don't go by moons. You okay. know what I go by? I go by. Okay. After the full moon in May, that's when it is time to plant out some things in your garden. Okay. Okay, but I go by the fogs. Um, The 90 days from your fogs is when you're going to get rain or snow. And that's what I keep track of. But after, but in May... When uh-huh. the full moon is done, then it's time to plant potatoes, ground stuff. Okay. And, but not stuff that will, you know, like cucumbers, um, pumpkins, all Night, that nightshade. stuff that can't stand any frost. You okay. wait until at least good June, and then okay. you make sure that it's in a spot where if you're going to get an early frost, which we can, then you cover it. Okay. Yeah, but I go by 90 days from fogs. But in May, you plant always after the full moon. There you go. Okay. All right. That's my farmer's almanac right there. (laughs) Well, you know, I've gardened around here a long, long time, Kim, 61 years. Oh, and, wonderful. And 13 years before that in Drumheller, okay. where you could grow anything. Anything. That's right. I've got a girlfriend who lives up <laughs> Drumheller way, so muchly yeah. appreciated so uh, much. You know, you're right. more Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, I'm going to let Kim go here. Thanks, Kim. Hi, Mary. You had one more question. <laughs> How can I help you? Okay. <laughs> Your garden guru that fell off the moon. Yeah. Any, anyhow. What I wanted to ask you, I have a real bad invasive weed yep. by my lilacs and my my Manitoba maples. Yep. Now, I'm cutting down my garden. Yep. I'm too old to do this huge garden anymore. So what I want to know 
as I'm afraid of using Roundup too close to lilacs and my trees. Actually, they'll be fine as long as they don't hit. It only it only kills what it touches, so you can even yeah, almost spray I've the park. It's really, really bad. Yeah, it yeah. won't it won't soak in through the ground. Once it hits the ground, it become it goes neutral. Yeah. So and I don't plant anything near near there at all. Yeah. Yeah. But so I wanted what I wanted to do was put way way some black plastic down and put it, rocks on it and make it kind of neat looking. I would use landscape fabric rather than plastic. I, I I would do landscape fabric rather than plastic because oh, the plastic okay. doesn't let the but by a good twenty five year like the 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 five gauge. The, the good stuff that you buy. Don't buy the real cheap fabric. No. no. Well, and you probably got some good absolutely. stuff there, do you? Yeah, that's all we carry. And yeah, just use stuff. that, and, and rather than poly, a lot of people put plastic in there. And Plus when it, are you getting your compost in? We got it in already. It's just down oh, in the oh, bins, so we got oh, lots. Because yeah. I want to amend some things yeah. and Tons. pots and stuff. We're, yeah. we're already full of it down there, they say. <laughs> oh, you're, you're full of it. You want to get rid of it. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks, Mary. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Take Mom. care. Happy St. Paddy's Day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right, I got to take a break. You're listening to mm. two Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, your year-round full-service garden center. Plant it up, prune it up. What else do we do? That's it. We're going to green it up as well. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to, I got a few, quite a few texts I'm going to read out here. Cliff was up early this morning, sending me a couple texts. Good morning, Merle. This is our general rule regarding water, watering your houseplants from the bottom or the top. I I definitely prefer to go from the top, and that way you can wash out. And and you don't need to flush them every time you water. Like, sort of a rule of thumb every two months if you can take it to the sink and just give it a good flushing out. Um, but adding a good amount of water to get through three-quarters away, you want to get down to the bottom roots of the pot is the biggest thing. And if you're watering from from the bottom, it sits in the water too much, and I find you get a lot more... Um, rotted roots. But there is a rule of thumb on a couple things, African violets and some of those ones that do not like to get water on their leaves. Um, if it's find it really hard to get into the pot to get the water in there, um, we, we do set them in a tray of water, let them soak it up from the bottom and then remove them. Just don't let them sit in water all the time. So, But again, when you re-transplant a plant, it's going to need a lot less water. I mentioned this last week. I had transplanted some plants and it's been three weeks since I've watered them. And this was into about a 15-inch pot. So the first while, until they get roots going again, they don't need as much water, especially in the winter. So mine, it's been three weeks. Um, some of the other ones, and that's with a good flushing right after I, I've, I transplanted. I watered them in really good, soaked the soil. But that's what I find the biggest mistake with watering plants is people don't water in to get the water down far enough into the pot. So really the plant ends up only using the top third of the root ball because there's no water down there for it. And the bottom roots just end up dying off because they never ever get any moisture. So you want to you wanna get that, get your water down nice and deep, 
which is good. So, so Cliff, there's a, there's a couple of things like that. And I'm going to go to the phone line. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open. You can call me at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. I'm going to go to Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Oh, terrific. You were out pruning your birch, were you? No. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say because I just seen the sticky stuff. Yeah. When do I put up that tape and the gook all around it? Um, well, we're finding that the tape works um, decent, the tango foot paste. But we are we we are doing the injections now. We're just finding that a lot of times the the birch leaf miners actually flies up as well. So sometimes the tape doesn't do a whole lot. Like whatever gets caught in there is great. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing is is feeding it really well, getting it nice and healthy, good watering. Um, but typically you want to do that just when it leaves out. You want to put the tango foot paste. But we're also, like I said, we're doing the trays on the injection so it gets right into it. And it's a systemic. And that's your best way to deal with birch leaf miner. Yeah, because my tree is, oh, I planted it 36 years ago. And they're the most beautiful trees, but we've let and 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 I the Saigon chemical that they had is it was a little bit nasty, and that's it was a systemic. But they've gotten rid of all the systemics for anybody to use. So a lot of these bugs, pests, have been able to come back into fruition and going crazy, and they've just decimated the birch leaf or the birch population in Calgary. Yeah, it like was it's really really bad last year. Yeah. Okay, now even. So deep watering around yep. the root zone and then also um, making sure we do a fertilizer. I'm just going to put you on hold. Actually, the clock got away on me okay. here, so I just, I'll just i get back to you right after the break. All right. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Thanks, Matt. It's partly cloudy and minus three in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Courtney Davidson. One man is dead following a fatal incident south of Strathmore early Sunday morning. Around 4.10 a.m., police received reports of an incident on Highway 817 approaching Highway 22X. The cause of death and details around what exactly happened have not yet been released. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says a 74-page anti-immigrant manifesto reportedly written by the suspect in the Christchurch mosque shootings was sent to her office email about nine minutes before the attacks on Friday. Fifty people were killed and many others wounded when a gunman opened fire on two mosques during midday prayers. And ahead of the arrival of spring will be higher prices at gas pumps across the country. Petroleum analysis say gas prices are set to rise once again today, with the priciest region being British Columbia. One reason for the increase is the annual switch to the more expensive summer blend of gasoline. Global News Calgary weather, a mix of sun and cloud today as we look for a high of 9 degrees. Clear tonight, our low around plus 1, and then sunshine tomorrow and plus 11. It's minus 3, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 10. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go back to the phone lines. We're going to chat again with Barbara regarding her birch there. Okay, now, if I do put 
the tape around. Yep. Can I put it on how high up? You go the about eighteen inches. Now, can I put another tape above that as well? Yeah, you could, and that would catch whatever other ones maybe go past. It's just that we're finding that uh, with the infestation that has gone on here in Calgary, is this that there's there's so many of them right now that the injection is the best way to get it under control. Okay. And and to try and catch them on a spray or with the sticky tape, it's just and and a lot of it is I'll be honest with the health of the tree. So getting onto a good fertilizer program and then the deep watering around the root zone will make all the difference as well. Now, do these stupid bugs travel? Oh yeah, no, that's what I mean they can fly. So Okay. Yeah. That and, and doing a good spring cleanup or a good fall cleanup, if you've had the big infestation of the birch leaf miner, like raking those leaves up when they fall and disposing them. So not putting them into yeah, like just into the beds and stuff where the yeah. where they can say and nest over the winter. So okay. good good fall cleanup is really important as well. All right. All righty. Thank you, Barbara. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. And we're gonna go to Trudy. Good morning, Trudy. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, what I'd like to know, is it possible to plant apricot trees in Alberta? Oh, yes. Actually, I, I had a, a lady that was in the store yesterday or the day before. Yeah. She actually has an apricot, and, it's, and, it, and it produces fruit. And, okay. and And then she actually hangs incandescent Christmas lights on it to help protect the blooms because the apricots do come out early in yeah, the season. that's what I was worried about. And I've had okay, them. So the thing Christmas is, lights. that's what she's using, ones that give up, but it's hard. You have to get the old ones that give up, the, I, I guess. And I don't know. I've never. I, it kind of goes against all belief because I, I really it shouldn't bloom until the ground is frozen. So good watering in in the fall, making sure they freeze in well, will keep them dormant longer. Okay. And that's the biggest thing is to make sure you water really well in the fall, keep them dormant long so they stay dormant, and that way they don't get that frost. In the, That's what takes them. That's what kills more apricots. They come up a little bit early. Now tell me something else. Do they need a mate? Um, yes, they do. So you've got to have two. That or, uh, just let me, i got to figure out which one will will cross-pollinate with them. Um, there's, a, I think, quite a few of the crab apples, the prunus, the sand cherry is another one. But just let me figure out which ones will do that, and then I'll, I'll let you know on there, okay? Okay, and then another thing, I want to give you a tip of how I do my pumpkins. All right. <clears throat> I get those tree baskets, not the very big one, yeah. but a sort of medium. I line it with uh, paper. Yeah. I fill it with soil. I plant my pumpkin seeds in there, but I've got a greenhouse. Yeah. So I do it around about April. Yes. And then I plant the whole basket in the soil. Yeah. That's what I do. That's awesome. Yeah, in the greenhouse, and that's that's great. So you're able to get those kind of things. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us, Trudy. Okay. Have I a thought great it'd day. be a good idea for people that have a greenhouse. Absolutely. Okay. Have Thanks, a good Trudy. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye for now. All right. And I should have mentioned to Trudy, if you do call in, try and turn off your radio in the background. It probably makes it really hard for you to call and listen. 
as well as it's a bit distracting on your when you're trying to listen to two things at once. And I got an awesome text here. Good morning, Merle. Attached are two picks. The bloomy one is from last November, as you can see. Really healthy and beautiful. This is of a, we'll call it an Easter cactus because it's blooming now. The other is a, is a pick current. Should I be concerned that the leaves are turning pinkish on the edge? It never happened before we moved. Um, now she says it's south-facing. So that is why it's getting more sun um, so that's why it's turning that red. That's just the pigment because it's a pink flower and the pigment is just coming out in the leaves. So that is the main reason why. So, um, no concern at all. It's gone through its blooming process. It looks really healthy, but you'll see that in, you'll see that in some of the geraniums and Christmas cactus, Easter cactus, any of those kind of things that the, the pigment comes out and you'll get a little bit of color of that coming out into the foliage as well. And I'm going to go to George. He wants to make some potting soil. Good morning, George. Good morning. How can we help you? Well, I want to make my own potting soil. And I've okay. seen, of course, uh, Mr. Google never lies to me and says, go one-third, 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 either mercolite or perlite soil and uh, compost. And what, do you, what are you going to, what are you putting it into pots or into the ground? Uh, putting it into pots. I know, and I'll be honest with you. I would go 100% soilless mix, and there's a there's a number four mix that we carry in bigger bales or spruce it up um, soil. I just find when you use real soil in pots, it's too heavy, and they, the plants don't do as well. Like if you want to use a really good potting soil, a soilless mix, you'll never go back. Like I'll be honest, like it just. They, the plants just do so much better. Their roots are able to grow through it. They can breathe. Um, just, just growing with real soil and pots, it, it's it's definitely more of a struggle. All right. Now, is that something you should change every year? Um, I change, depending on how big a pot they are. If they're, if you're just on an 8, 10-inch pot, absolutely. But if you're talking like big planters and things like that, typically what I do is I remove the top third, like any of my planters at my house, if I'm doing my, my, my flower containers and stuff. I just remove the top third, and I mix that into my existing garden, like in the shrub beds and stuff like that. And then I replace the top with, with fresh soil. Okay. And what about for your indoor plants? Um, definitely soilless mix, because they're, they're used to growing, like when you're in the tropics and stuff like that, like when you're on vacation, the soil isn't like our heavy soil. It's, it's nice and roots, and it's decomposed um, things like that, so it's, it breathes a lot more. It's basically a soilless mix. Ah, okay, because so, I, I know I have problems with my hibiscus, and it just does not look well. Yeah, know? and if you're using real soil, uh, probably a lot of it is that, because it, it does, it, it's just way too heavy for it, and they can't go through it as well. They don't breathe as well, but when you use a good a good soilless mix, it, man, it's, it, it's phenomenal. You're just like, wow. Like, it's honestly, you'll just... It's that much different. Even compost, it's quite heavy. You just like go to a full soilless mix, and then and then complement it, especially in your in your pots and things like that. You'll see a huge difference. Tomatoes, because I just went and bought some tomatoes yesterday. Yeah. So there you go. So just get a good soilless mix, and I know like we mix in um, zeolite and a bit of fertilizer and stuff in our in our in our soilless mix, like in the spruce up mix. And then there's a number four mix that a lot of the growers use. It's a little bit pricier, but it is phenomenal. It works really, really well. Okay, well, thank you. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. We used to mix all our own soil, like when I was the grower working at Sunnyside. 
and we and like and we'd have issues if it got too heavy. Some of the draining, we really had to watch. We'd get some Rudolph, so definitely we added more um, cocoa and not even cocoa, but back then it was peat moss and more perlite, just so things could breathe that much better. Because if you get too much of this regular soil, it's definitely hard on your plants. And I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm going to go to the text line. I've got a few questions here. What is soilless mix made of? Typically, it's made of peat, um, more organic materials, not necessarily the hard soil. So definitely peat, perlite, um, cocoa moss, zeolite, things like that, um, basically, is, which is a lot of it is what they put in there. I really like the ones with the cocoa moss, and we also have earthworm castings in some of them. The cocoa moss, it just, it's a little bit more fibrous than the peat moss blend as well, so it holds up really well. And then I got another text from James. Good morning. Will cucumbers grow in pots? Absolutely. Um, a lot of times they'll grow even better in pots because you can put them in the nice sunnier spots. The biggest thing with them is try and get something that's wide and lower, like some 18 inches by maybe two or three feet wide or a big window box type thing. They really grow well because then they, they, they're not too far off the ground, so that way they can just dangle over the pot and then they can rest just on the ground and, and grow along that way as well. Um, but just be careful with your cucumbers. They do not take any frost. So before you put them outside, um, they you typically your first week or so in June um, before we are guaranteed or nothing's guaranteed in Calgary, but uh, typically we don't get any frost past that point. Um, and they do like a nice sunny location as well. And then I got another one it says, good morning. We live in Drumheller and have choke cherry trees, the fungus. And I believe she's talking about he or she is talking about the black knot is a real problem with the trees in their valley. Is there anything to do to treat this? Um, no, not really. Um, when they're down in the, in, especially in the native areas, it, it has really become a, a huge, huge problem. Um, I noticed this, this outside Cowrie, if you go in the back way into Okotoks, um, sort of by, um, just on the 549, you go back in the back way, there's a lot of the, the native choke cherries just have a ton of that, uh, black knot on them. And it's just been, just been nasty stuff. So pruning it out healthy, um, there is a couple of fungicide, but it would be more for one yard if you're trying to to keep it in the in the native areas or some of the things like that. It, it's really tough. This this cutting it out, and and if anybody's looking right now in your yard, right now is a great time again to to go out and look at your trees and shrubs, do your evaluation, see what they need done, and if you're not too sure, like I said, give you the a certified arborist a call. I know we get a lot of that in Calgary, and I know Mark and the guys, like we, we've cut out a lot. And, and it, it really, if you catch it early, you can really prolong the life of your Maydays, Schubert's, things like that. If, but if you, if you leave it too long, it gets into the main trunk. The, the, the lifespan of that tree is gone very quickly. It doesn't take long to get right inside and, and ends up taking the life of your tree, which, which we don't want. We want to make sure we can uh, prolong them as long as possible. 
All right, now I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go up to Rick. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. How are you? Good. How can I help you? Well, I guess five or six years ago, we put in raised beds for our vegetable garden. We live just north of Lethbridge, and that gumbo got to be after a while. Yeah. And uh, they're 20 feet long, uh, 4 feet wide, probably have 18 inches of compost. And we got the compost for Virtually Matters, and I think it came from a sawmill. Yeah. But now, like last year, our peas were like a jungle with the, the growth above the ground. But I'm having trouble with my carrots and my spuds trying to get uh, a decent uh, uh, fruit. But uh, I was told not to put anything else in it, and I, I never have. I've just used that compost as it is. Yeah. Is there anything I can do to perk that up? Um, is, does it feel quite light, or is it real heavy Compost. I can dig my potatoes with my hand. Yeah, so typically a lot of the potatoes and your root crops, and that's where it's a difference. They like a little bit more soil. Sometimes you kill them with kindness or they won't provide as much because they... (laughs) It's like a a potato. If you put too much compost, they don't like it. It's too rich for them. So I would just add some more like natural, just garden loam to to where you're going to grow some of your fruit or the root crops. All right. Now is it... Yeah, is there a variety of carrots, uh, Merle, that work better selling Alberta than others? Um, we carry the Heritage brand, uh, Wild Rose Heritage Seeds, and his, I just love him because he has about 10 varieties of carrots, but they're all proven. It's all ones that he's grown here, and they're okay. all non-GMO. He's collected the seeds. They're all proven Alberta seeds, and I, I find them very, very good. So Very good. All righty. Thank you, sir. Take care. Take care, man. Bye-bye. All right, I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm going to go to the text line here real quick. Hi there. Is there a hardy Mac-type apple that would grow in the foothills here, southwest of Millerville? Yeah, there is. Um, actually, we do carry one that actually has five kinds on it. It has a hardy Mac. But there is a variety called hardy Mac that grows really well in our area and gives you really nice apples. And and one thing you'll find, like at most garden centers, if you stay away from the box store ones, you'll definitely get the varieties that grow in our zone. Like I only bring ones that are going to grow. I will not sell you a gala apple or try and sell you something that won't grow in this area. It doesn't do me any good. All of our trees come with a full two-year warranty as well. Um, and the biggest thing with your apples is once you get them is growing, the fertilizer, and I had one caller earlier asking about apples not blooming. I would really prevent, I would use the 15, 30, 15. It really makes a difference. This when they start, first of May, when things just start getting going, give it a first shot then. And if you give it a shot every three weeks, um, you'll see a big difference and you should be getting some good blooms and good fruit production at that point as well. And, and good morning, Merle. Happy St. Patty's Day from Debbie. Do you carry a product that prevents damp off? And yes, we do. We we mentioned it last week, and it's it's by Evolve. It's called seed seed and seedling fertilizer. And what it does, it really builds a, a little wall on the stem, but just after it comes out of the ground, it works really really good um, to help prevent that damping off. Because they took the product off the market, um, they wanted too much of a registration fee, and that's how our our government gets us in other ways. Um, they wanted a big registration fee for the damp off to renew it. And uh, it, we just don't have the population to 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 justify that kind of thing here in uh, in Calgary or Alberta and Canada to to recoup the million dollar 
um, registration fees on those kind of things. So um, it just does it. But that one, the Evolve Seedling and Seed Fertilizer works really, really well um, for that. So right now I'm going to go to the phone line and I'm going to go, where am I going to go? I'm going to go to Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning. How are you today? Good. How can I help you? I have three current bushes, two black and one red. Yep. And the first year we had a few berries on them. And for the last three years, they haven't been producing fruit or flowers. Okay. The, do you, are they in full sun? Uh, about southwest. Okay. So lots of sun. Yeah. Which is great. Um, so what I would do, is there, how, how old are they? They're about four years old. Okay. And you're not getting any blooms. Have you fertilized at all? Yeah. Um, I've just used sort of a general fertilizer on them. You need some with a higher middle number. Okay. That helps get the blooms going. And the biggest thing is good watering. Like the those fruit bushes, they produce a lot of foliage, and they need a good steady consistent watering not wet but they do they do need good water especially early spring otherwise they just don't have enough nourishment to get in there and, and go from there okay so what range of fertilizer should it be i would at? use that 15 30 15 would be really good for those 15 30 15 yeah or just a plain 20 20 20 is another good one just for a good all-purpose Okay, because the foliage on them is beautiful. I mean, they're yeah. healthy looking and everything else. So that else. tells me you're just missing the phosphorus, so. All right, I appreciate the information. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, and right now I'm going to go to, where are we at here? I'm going to go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. How are you this morning? Good, good. How good. Can, how, are you going to help me out with some tips? Yeah. Awesome. I, uh, a fellow phoned in about cucumbers. Yep. What I do is, because i got a lot of trees in my yard and i got a hard to find the sun, i got a couple old children's little red wagons. Yep. And they're about four or five inches deep, and I drill some holes in the bottom. Yep. And I put my cucumbers in that, yep. and then I put radishes in around them because they come up and they're gone way before the cucumbers do. Yep. And yep. I, I can pull this around the yard to find the sun whenever I want to. <laughs> That's a good idea, even if you wanted to build a little bit of wood sides on them, if you wanted to get them a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, it does, because it's still low enough to the ground where when they dangle into the, they're not going to, um, just break off too. That sometimes if they're growing in too big a pots, they 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 end up just dragging all over the place. So yeah, when they when they get really really long, and I gotta take them over the sidewalk, I I, I just pick up the vines and just throw them on the wagon, drag them over, and then I, <laughs> I you know I mean they're pretty hard yeah, to plant. You absolutely. Know? If they, if they can live through Alberta, they can live through anything. So absolutely. Uh, so I know I just had to throw that in your ear. So. Thank you so much. You have a good day, sir. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. I need to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's partly cloudy and minus 2 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. Still waiting word of the cause of a fatal incident south of Strathmore early this morning. RCMP responded around 4 a.m. to Highway 817, approaching Highway 22X. One man is reported dead, and details around what exactly happened have not yet been released. RCMP Major Crimes is on scene investigating, while the highway remains closed four kilometers north of the scene. Life is getting back to normal in Christchurch and around New Zealand following Friday's devastating mosque shootings. But New Zealand Police Commissioner Mike Bush says things will look a little different as at least 200 extra police officers will be patrolling. 
you will see a highly visible police presence on the streets, around your businesses, around your schools, and even in the air, right across the country. So you will feel safe. People across New Zealand are still trying to come to terms with the massacre with flowers, balloons and notes of grief and love being left outside the two mosques where gunmen opened fire, killing 50 and injuring dozens. The Alberta government is looking at expanding abortion protest buffer zones to include schools. This comes on the heels of a protest outside Queen Elizabeth School in northwest Calgary on Wednesday which prompted Alberta Party candidate Angela Cocott to call for a safe zone for students. Cocott recorded a video of students standing up to the anti-abortion protesters who showed up at lunch with graphic posters. Alberta Health Minister Sarah Hoffman said she found the video of the Calgary protest disturbing. Hoffman said that she, along with Justice Minister Kathleen Ganley and Education Minister David Egan, were united in wanting to expand the bubble zone to better protect students. Currently, there is a 50-meter buffer zone around abortion clinics in Alberta to prevent staff and patients from being harassed by protesters. A wild shootout on the Vegas Strip saw police officer and robbery suspect both hit during a deadly exchange of gunfire at the Bellagio Hotel and Casino. Las Vegas police captain Nicole Splinter says the suspect robbed and packed, robbed the packed casino Friday night and was confronted by four officers as he tried to carjack a vehicle in the valet lot. She says the suspect fired at least one shot at an officer before being shot by a second officer. The suspect died in hospital. Turning to sports, Canada's Chelsea Carey has her first win of the World Women's Curling Championship. The Calgary skip scored four in the fifth end en route to an 8-5 win over Germany. Canada opened the competition with a 7-6 loss to Korea yesterday and will face Latvia later today in Denmark. Seven games in the NHL today. No rest for the Edmonton Oilers. They visit the Vegas Golden Knights after earning a 3-2 road win over the Arizona Coyotes last night. In other action, the Vancouver Canucks are in Dallas to face the Stars. On the hardwood, the Toronto Raptors face former coach Dwayne Casey and the Pistons. Detroit is 2-0 this season versus Toronto. Global News, Calgary weather, mix of sun and cloud today, looking to jump to a high of 9 degrees. Clear tonight, our low staying just above zero. Sunny skies in the forecast all next week with temperatures in the teens, Monday plus 11, Tuesday plus 14. And for the first day of spring, we will see a high of 16 degrees. It's minus 2 at 11.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 10.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And happy St. Paddy's Day to everybody out there. Hopefully everyone has a good, safe trip. If you do have a couple of beers, make sure you don't drink and drive. There's Ubers and taxis and all those other fun boys. We'll get you home nice and safe. So uh, enjoy the day, and uh, it's supposed to be nice and sun. Good good week coming up. We're going to have plus 17. Looking forward to some of those days. All right, now I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Dale. Good morning, Dale. Uh, thank you. How are you? I, I just had a question about overwatering. Yes. Uh, you spoke about the roots rotting. Yes. When I go through the office towers downtown, yep. 
they have waterfalls and they got pools. Yep. And these plants sit in that water 24-7. Depend, they're not really in the waterfalls. I think there's, there's all planters right beside them or built into them. I, I, there is some, there is water plants that can sit in the water, but most of those, when you see them in the office hours, they're just built around them. They're all just planters that are built on the side, sort of give the illusion that it's like a waterfall and a little stream, and then the plants are growing right beside them. But they're not sitting, unless they're water plants. Like We definitely have like water lilies and things like that that can stay in water. Um, there's some of the bamboos. But for the most part, it's it's just more of that illusion. And there's really good humidity for a lot of those plants down there, so it's actually quite a good um, environment for them. And someone told me if you took a cutting from one of those plants, yep. that they're used to living in water that long, that if you try and transplant them, they won't grow. No, no, they'll they'll grow fine. Like a lot of times, you can take slips, and a lot of people do that. Like they'll take cuttings and then propagation. That's how a lot of all the cuttings in in the world. Like even when you're when you're doing things, like I said, those aren't growing in in water though. So you're, you'll be fine if you were. But you really shouldn't be taking cuttings from those anyways. <laughs> oh, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, we get our cuttings from Peter, the plant man. Yeah, you know he. He so, come in and do all the trimming and. Uh, yeah. They'll just give us the cutting. Yeah, no, and a lot of those, have you have you tried propagating, and have they survived? Uh, I have not tried. Yeah, it's, as long as you use a rooting hormone. and in water 24-7. Yeah, but they're, like I said, they're not really sitting in water. Like, it's sort of more of the illusion that they've created to make it look like that, unless they are water plants. And what's that garden downtown? The Devonian? Yeah, Devonian. Yep. That's another place to it. Yep. Like no, all the, sitting in water. Yeah, they're not, though. If you if you look closely, there's a, those are just really good landscaped, um, indoor landscaping that's done where they've created planters all along the side of the creek and along the water ponds that they do inside, but they're all sitting in soil. So. Oh. Alrighty. Yeah, that's the only question I had. All right. I enjoy your program. Yep. No, but Dale, when you do, you do bring up a good thing. Overwatering is one of the things that can kill a lot of plants and and just like underwatering. So it is a good thing to be aware of as well. Alrighty. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Dale. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Going to go to Kim. She joined us one more time. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. I got missed a couple of my questions. I, I know. I, I like that. You. you always have a good list for me. Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So back to your gal who was asking about her birch. Yes. And um, she was asking about Tanglefoot and the tape that gets put on. Now, back in the day when I had built a house down in Chaparral, we had bought a Young's Weeping Birch. Yep. And we'd gotten it from, I think it was Eagle, Eagle Lake Nurseries or something like that. And I know even living in a community such as Chaparral, that things travel from one yard to the other. So it used to be called the birch leaf miner. Yep. And they said that you could treat it with what was then no, no longer being able to put be put on the shelves in the retailer, melathion? Um, no, melathion wouldn't work. You could spray it, but it really doesn't do nothing. Okay. Unless you're hitting the bug actually contacting it. Okay. But what happens is the leaf miner is right inside the leaf. So that's why I was saying you need a systemic. And there used to be a product called Saigon. It's also Latox. You can still get it in the States. And I'm not saying that anybody going down there and you want to bring some back. But that's that's the product 
it's called Saigon. But okay. we we and that's why they've left it to only professionals now. So yeah. we're we're gonna we're doing an injection and, and the brand is a Trazon and there's a couple other ones, but that's the one we're gonna be doing. And it's applied early spring. It gets into the bloodstream of the sap stream of the plant. And okay. and the systemic and goes in there. So when the bug starts eating it, it gets poisoned at that point because that's really the only way to control them. You know, when, when, when you're talking good stuff, but I'm picturing myself be, being hooked to an IV to have to put the oxygen <laughs> in the tree. Hooked it, up to an IV. It, and it's very similar, but it's only for a short period of time. We go in, inject it, do the thing, and but that's what. But look at what intravenous does for people, right? It re uh, yeah yeah. It gets people feeling better, and sometimes and, your trees. And, just to my many years of the young sleeping birch and transferring it from one house to another to another. I now have a birch leaf miner um, out in the front garden, and it's probably about 20 years old now. Yeah, yeah. And I know that when you start seeing the top top half, they call it die-off, yeah. um, Stahl at Golden Acres used to tell me, she says, well, just make sure that it's, well nourished and well watered so i've always i've never put chemicals on it i've just made sure that i've had it well nourished and well watered and again you can do overkill you can give it too much kindness and yeah and so (laughs) no and i'd mention that up front um it doesn't have soil underneath but it has mulch underneath so Do they get themselves into not only the bark, but they roll the leaves, do they not? Um, well, it just rolls up more from just being dehydrated. It's okay. different than the leaf roller in an aspen or something like that. Okay. So, but really, and I'd mentioned that earlier, one of the biggest things, the best thing to do for your tree is keep it nice and healthy. Bugs yeah. and that go after sick trees, things like that. If, exactly. the, if your trees are nice and healthy, they tend to stay away from them, and your yeah. trees can survive that. So okay. another thing, if you have a spruce with, with the dieback on top, if you use the Rage Plus, we have pictures in the store. We have customers that bring in pictures to us. It brings life back into it. It, it rescues the tissue and puts life back into the tissue of the plant, and they re, re reform leaves back up on the top. Okay, we, we live north of Strathmore, so we're out in the boonies, yep. and there were several spruce that were planted in the backyard, north facing, and just like people lose their hair on a daily basis, I know spruces lose their needles on a regular basis yep. too. So what was <clears throat> What would be a heads up that it's not just regular needle shedding? Well, typically, it's it's needles if it's not on the inside. If it's it's losing on the inside, is typically what they go through that natural shedding process. Okay. If it's on the outside, yeah. If it's if on the outside, then that's typically when you have some issues. Alrighty. Okay. Thank okay. you, Kim. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. <clears throat> lots and lots of text right now. I'm going to go to Jim talking about spruce. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Uh, last year we uh, put uh, eight, 44 8 to 10 foot trees in like with a small tree spade and where they came from they had a pile of dandelions in the dirt around the trees. Yep. We didn't dare we're hesitant to do anything with them besides dig out some of them last year but it's just too many to, to dig out too big an area. Is it safe to spray them with something this year? What I would do is 
Um, just do it when they very first come up. And if you trim a little bit of the branches off the bottom so they're not dragging on the ground. Okay. Um, and just go underneath there because the, the Roundup or the 2,4-D really only kills what it touches on that. Okay, yeah. So long as you, you, you just go over just really lightly, just when they're coming out of the ground, don't do it when they're growing up into the spruce. But okay. definitely, yeah. But then cover with mulch. And that's okay. another way of get rid of the weeds down there is put a, a thick layer of mulch and making sure your spruce trees aren't planted too deep. If they did it with a spade, you're probably fine. But yeah, typically, they're, they're, yeah. They're too deep. Yeah. If the, anything, the, the, if anything, the, there's usually an inch or two up, which is great because spruce trees prefer to be mounded up because right. in the in the native, in the wild sort of thing, in the forest, they grow more on the side of hills. Okay. You very rarely see spruce down in the low, low line areas. So yeah, they probably are. Up. Yeah, they've got really well established awesome. dandelion roots in there, and I, it's it's. Yeah, just a lot of work. To yeah, take, take just, all of them. so even just put mulch all around them underneath them, put bark mulch out because that really helps yep. hold the moisture in. And then if anything creeps through that, just give it a spot spray. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Jim. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. That's probably one of the best ways to deal with with those is, uh, and plus it helps the spruce trees hold the moisture in if you put in bark mulch and that underneath your spruce. You're trying to recreate the forest floor, which really helps with holding the, the moisture in for them. And then also when they start losing needles and things like that, it rather than if you have decorative rock and stuff, it's really quite messy looking. If you have bark mulch underneath there, it just sort of blends right in. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or one 800 Five six three seven 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 zero, and uh, quite a few texts. I'm going to go to them right now and read a few of those. When should you trim a weeping birch? Your birch and maples, unless you're moving dead, damaged, or disease branching, um, really only can be trimmed or should be trimmed when they're le- just already fully leafed out. So you get into July is when you want to do those. Otherwise, you'll get um, bleeding on them. You'll get, if you go out and, and trim a healthy birch branch or a maple branch right now, it'll just leak out all kinds of water and that, So, which isn't great for them. So prefer when they're fully leafed out, unless you're doing the three Ds of pruning at certain times, the dead, damaged, or diseased, um, which should be removed at this time. But other than that, leave them until they're fully leafed out. And another text. Purchase dahlias and blue poppy anemone bulbs at Spruce. Watch start inside. Please advise when. Actually, right now is a great time to start. And you want to start your dahlias. And I typically like to start them in a, sort of a one or two gallon pot and, uh, and, and grow them, get them going. Same with your anemones. You can start them now because they, they can go out early and then you want to get them going. But with your dahlias, when you get them about 16, 18 inches high, I like to take the top third off. I've just cut them off, take a third off the top, and then that makes them thicken right up. Otherwise, sometimes they can get tall and spindly on you. So if you do that when they get, like I said, 18 inches high, take about a third off, take them down to a foot. And then at that time, I either transplant them into a five-gallon pot, and then I'll put in a big peony ring with them if you if you have room to do this. Because then when you plant it outside, the dahlia is going to grow into into the peony ring or the or a tomato ring of that kind. Because then when it grows up into it and when it starts blooming, it's going to support those blooms and it won't flop over on you when we get our winds and things like that. If, if you're growing the big dinner plate dahlias and then that really helps support it. And if it's growing inside it, it, it hides the rings. So you're not seeing it at that point. So it just makes all the difference. 
and that. And they do like lots of sun and they're fairly heavy feeders. So again, 153015 is a great one for for your dahlias and all your bulbs. And another good, if you just want to stick with an all-purpose, like 202020 is a great one. It's just a, it's a nice, easy fertilizer, and it works really, really well. And another one, my large jade has been wonderful for many years, but recently it started dropping leaves and big stems have folded over. They're hollow and looks like it's mold inside. What I would do with that one, it's probably time to get transplanted, and I would probably cut the top third of it right off and just sort of do a nice shape cut it in sort of a circular top and until you start seeing a bit of healthy inside to get rid of that hollow look on the end and time to transplant it and and let it grow from that because your jade i think it's probably just used up every ounce of energy it sounds like and when it starts dropping like that unless it was fed something or done something wrong but that's typically i've seen that when they get old and they just need a rejuvenation like we talk about with hedges and things like that. So that would be a good way of doing that to help revive your jade plant. And I'm going to go to one more phone call and then I'm going to... Actually, I'm just going to take a break probably, Matt. Hey, what do you think? We're, you're, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, your year-round full-service garden center. Plant it up, prune it up. That's all we got for you. A little bit of green it up as well at this time of year. Getting ready for that. Right now, I'm going to go to Jane on the phone line. Good morning, Jane. Morning, and happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. How can we help you? I'm sorry I missed Mary. I She's a real inspiration. <laughs> Absolutely. And I just wanted to wish her a very happy gardening year. Absolutely, I want to. Yeah, I want to wish Mary, and actually want to listen. Wish all of our listeners. We're finally heading into that season, and uh, it sure feels nice when the sun is hitting down, and you feel it, and you just feel like, okay, we are through it. We are almost through the winter. So here we go. How can we it's help been, you? It's been a rough one. <laughs> Absolutely, it's been a long one. Absolutely. Um, really quick question yep. on. I like white clover in my lawn grass. Yep. Does a little, and I'm eight hours drive away from you. So green it up fertilizer isn't really available to me unless you sell in northern Alberta anywhere. <laughs> no, we we don't, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's probably a little hard to ship it up there. But if you go to some of your 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 ag places you can ask them to try and get a blend that's close to it or or get something done up like with a higher middle number i'm not sure if you can say this for your your own customers but what extra uh like 15 and potassium make uh any change you, you kind of like the blend that i have is 16326 um so the so the how the numbers work is up down all around so the first one is the nitrogen so most of the fertilizers that you see at your box stores and things like that is 3003 cuz they don't do anything for phosphorus cuz most of their customers they go after with the population in vancouver and toronto where they don't need phosphorus in their soil and because around lakes and they they have a lot more of that their soils a lot more has phosphorus already in it so they don't need it 
But in our soil, we need that phosphorus, so it makes the, your grass really super drought tolerant because it's pushing the roots down nice and deep and and makes it drought tolerant and, and, and it chokes out weeds. So that's that's sort of why I've created that blend. With, with like nine more points of potassium hurt? No, nope, not at all. No, nope. no, nope, not at all. You're nope. totally fine. Is that... I can get one like that. Yeah, so like I said, and see if you can get some with a little bit of a middle number on the phosphorus. So that sort of would help out a bit more. It just it helps thicken things up and, and helps get through those hot summer days. Oh, All right. Thank you, big time. And a yep. really quick question. Yep. I don't have a picture to send you. Yeah. I'm wondering if you, Mary, or your listeners might have ever seen a white potato onion where the onion bulbs grow up on a stalk with the flower stem above the ground. I saw it in the back alley on a south facing gravel. Oh really? <laughs> gravel like three eighths minus gravel driveway. Oh, really? huh? And uh, this thing was doing wonderful. I went back. I grabbed some seeds. Yeah. But and I wasn't able to plant them last year, but um, I'm just wondering if any of your, any of you. Well, we'll see. I'll, I typically get lots on the tech, so if I get any of those on there, I will uh, will pass on. It All right. looked like a really neat plant. All right. Thanks, Jane. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I'm going to go to Kate. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. So I was given uh, one of those, I don't know if they're called a tea rose or they sell them in, I've seen them in the grocery store and they come, it's in a four inch pot and it's got four or five blooms on it. Yep. It will, it continue to grow well in the house. Yep. So can I keep it as a house plant? And what do I need to do? Like, it goes through water like crazy. Yeah, because typically when you're getting um, plants from that are in full bloom, like your pot mums or those little, um, the little roses, things like that, um, they're usually fairly root bound um, because what they've done is they kind of stress them out and they feed them and that gets them to bloom. Um, okay. So basically what you can do, they, they tend to get spider mite. They're a little hard to grow. Like they'll grow through their blooming stage and then they kind of tend to go in a dormant stage after that. But I've had lots of people say they transplant them and grow them. I've had some people say they move them outside for the summer, um, put them in a planter, and then they will rebloom. Typically you have to cut them back a bit after they do their first blooming like that. Cut them okay. back a bit, transplant them, and then they'll send out another batch of blooms and growth. Um, but feed should I them, feed, wait to transplant it until it finishes? Yeah, blooming? yeah. Let it do its blooming. Just enjoy it. Let it do its thing right now, and then once it's sort of finished up blooming, deadhead it all the time. Like when the blooms yeah. are done, make sure you deadhead, and that'll continue to bloom. And then when it sort of looks like it's slowing down, transplant it at that time, and then you should be heading close to early spring here and get it ready to go outside. Okay. Thank all you. Right. So much. Okay. Thanks, Kate. Yeah. Bye bye. All right, I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's partly cloudy and minus two in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Courtney Davidson. 
One man is dead following an incident south of Strathmore early Sunday morning. Around 4.10 a.m., police responded to an incident on Highway 817 approaching Highway 22X. The cause of death and details around what happened have not been released. A shakeup is expected in Ottawa on Monday with a senior government official saying Prime Minister Justin Trudeau will shuffle his cabinet for the third time this year. Trudeau has made multiple changes to his roster amid the fallout from the SNC-Lavalin controversy. And Paris is cleaning up one of the world's most glamorous avenues after continued rioting by yellow vest protesters stunned the nation. Shop owners and city workers assessed damage this morning in luxury stores, restaurants and banks that were ransacked or blackened by life-threatening fires on the Champs-Élysées. The renewed violence by a movement that had been fizzling in recent weeks was a wake-up call to a president seen as favoring the elite. Global News, Calgary weather, mix of sun and cloud for the afternoon, climbing to a high of 9. Clear this evening, hour low around plus 1, and then sunshine expected tomorrow with a high of plus 11. It's minus 2, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 11. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And right after the show, I'm heading up to the Leisure Centre. My son's playing his last playoff game tonight, so so good luck to the boys today. They're they're uh, playing their final game of the season, so hopefully it'll be fun. So good luck to them. And... Uh, they're the Islanders midget rec league Islanders. So good luck, boys. Hopefully uh, you have a good game today. Right now we're going to go. And I, I get uh, Dwight has sent me a picture. Um, he had sent that plan or a plant last week. of uh, he, He's grown a few cannabis plants and he likes to share his pictures with me, which I, I appreciate. They're kind of cool looking. Um, but I like this one. He took cuttings off of it. And uh, he's got it grown in the pot. <laughs> and he goes, I took it right off the big plant before it started flowering. It's growing like a palm tree. So he's had a little miniature garden and he's got a little palm tree or a little umbrella and a little chair in there in the pot with it. So <laughs> they do look like a couple palm trees. So it looks pretty cool. So I, I just suggested that maybe he calls in and talks about how he how he grows his uh his plants and what he finds works well. If anybody's interested, we'll see if he'll see if he'll give us a shout. And uh, and I got another one from Carolyn. She's calling from Vernon. Good morning, Merle. It's Carolyn from Vernon. We have a two-story west-facing windows. I have a new lemon tree which I placed about five feet from the windows. Will that be enough light? Absolutely. It should. You should. It should love it there. And uh, I just mine is in about the same same type of area and it just spit out like this last week blooms all the way down the or down all the stems down the trunk um so unbelievable i haven't really ever seen one bloom like this it's just uh it's so nice sunny location and i like that you pulled it away from the window which is great so it's still getting lots of sunshine and mary called in a bit ago and asking when can she put her lemon tree outside and you can put them out, but you got to gradually, if you do want to put them outside for the summertime, I like to wait till June um, when it is fully warm. But you got to gradually, don't put it right out in the full sun the first day. It'll it'll burn the leaves. They'll get sunburned. you got to gradually put it out for a couple hours, 
bring it back inside or put it in a little bit of shelter area right out of the sun so it gets some shade so it doesn't get sunburn on it right away. It takes a bit of time to transition, and but you can definitely put them outside for the summertime. Um, they make great patio plants sort of thing when they get a little bit bigger. But uh, you got to really watch the hail or any of the stuff that we get, the heavy rain sometimes or cool, cool nights. They, they prefer sometimes to stay in. If you have a nice, great spot in the house, let, leave them there, let them do their thing, and uh, you should be able to enjoy that. So hopefully that one works out well for you. And hi, why won't my castor beans grow? I have soaked in water first, little sprouts start, but do not grow once they're in soil. Um, I would maybe, yeah, I was going to say soak them, but they should go. Usually they're fairly easy to get going. Um, try doing them right in, right in the soil, go fairly moist and cover them or get a little bit of heat underneath them if you can and, and see if that works as well. Don't fertilize. I know you mentioned about doing some miracle grow. Typically most of your seedling soil or all the potting soil, if you start with has lots of nourishment in it when you first do your seeds. Typically, you don't need to um, fertilize any of your babies, any of the seedlings for a while till they get going. Um, the only thing I can see is with those castor beans, they're just taking a bit. But if, the, if you're getting the green sprout and you're going them into the soil, um, they should just go. Uh, usually, they're not that tough to get going. So I'll look up that a little bit and uh, and see what I can come up with for you and see if I can find out if there's any issues with that. Right now I'm going to go to Chris, and he's going to talk about some tomatoes. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, okay. I had uh, two years ago I had some vicious problems, with what I think is called blossom end rot. That's- yes. Is is that from a lack of calcium when it's starting to flower? Yeah, and just when they go into blooming stage. And inconsistent watering is another one. So having it in a nice big pot, right. um, typically if they're in too small a pot, they dry out, then you water them, then they dry out, then you water them. That can right. help. That can cause it as well. Okay, okay. Um, um, if I don't have eggshells, is is there a substitute or yeah even we you guys yeah, most of our yeah most of our tomato food um through the evolve and the other ones have a calcium supplement in them um okay. but we also have a full calcium supplement um that you can get for your tomatoes that we sell it's a water soluble mix in the water fertilize it in especially okay. if you're growing your bigger tomatoes then that's typically when you see that so right and so I might be asking a little much squeezing two tomato plants and say uh. A uh, circular pot about 18 inches across yeah. and a foot deep. That's too many tomatoes. Hey. That's almost too many tomato. Too too many tomato for even one plant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I I put mine into like a 22 inch pot. And it's about two feet high, 22 inches wide, and okay. I put one plant per pot. And it is, and I get it. This is enough for it to stay healthy all summer. Because what happens is our summers become so hot, and everything gets so root bound, and then they just they default. If they don't have enough soil to keep going, um, I find that's one of the biggest deterrents. So by the time August comes, if your tomatoes so crammed into a pot, it it typically doesn't look great by the time August comes along. Right. Okay. Perfect. Well, that uh, gives me uh, something to do this year. Thanks yeah. a lot, Merle. Yep. And get, try and go a darker color pot if you can, like even a black or dark brown, because they okay. they like the warm roots. And and just get a good soilless mix. I talked about a couple of those earlier. Um, the number four mix or our good um, spruce it up soil is great. It's formulated good soilless mix. And uh, also, I had someone comment she had used her black gold. 
that we sell at the store, and she right. did her tropical plants and says that they're super, super happy. So that's no, I a- got I got to get down to your guys' uh, shop here this week uh, before uh, gardening season. I get I all stocked see- up. Absolutely. No, I'm sick of running around small towns and uh, just getting all the generic uh, miracle growing stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and that stuff, it is ingrained. It's a high salt content so, uh, fertilizer, so um, we created a good green it up fertilizer as well. Um, the water soluble 153015 2020-20, so good quality fertilizers, and you'll see all the difference. Right on. All right, we'll probably see you guys next week. Then. Look forward to it. Thanks, Chris. Right. Thank Bye-bye. you, Marl. Bye-bye. All right, if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, here we go. I got one. We talked about those roses. I purchased this rose five years ago from a grocery store, planted outside in June of that year, and has been flowering every year since. That's awesome. That's um, typically you don't get that kind of success, but it's a bright yellow. So be curious to see what variety, because depending on what variety they put into the pots. Um, and Sandy, if you have a, if you do happen to have the tag or know what kind of variety that is, it's gorgeous. It's bright yellow. It looks like the sun sprite that uh, Pat calls in and, and he's asked me about, and we're going to try and get this spring. So let me know uh, if you if you happen to know the name of that one. That is because typically you don't see a lot of the yellow in the smaller pots. Usually it's the pink and the red and that. So curious to know what uh, what uh, variety you got there, and that would be good to know. And I'm just going down to look at, I got a few more texts to go through. And here we are. We are moving homes and would like to take our rhubarb plants. Am I able to dig them and put them in a pot this spring and maintain them until late August until we move? Absolutely. Um, So what you want to do, as soon as you can start digging the soil, um, you want to dig that up, get it into a pot, um, and uh, and just treat it. Because we get plants... A lot of our potted rhubarbs and things like that, they come in pots and and they, they grow them all the way through the season. Lawns are well watered and, and fertilized throughout there. But if you're pulling up an existing rhubarb, you probably want to get a five-gallon pot at least, a big black nursery pot, and, uh, and, and go from there. And that should be able to help you out. Go from there and grow and if you are moving your plants, early spring is the best time for the most part if you if you're trying to move your perennials and typically you want to do it just when they just when we can start digging into the soil, move them when they're dormant and t- try and get as much root ball as you can and a lot of times like with hostas and things like that, you'll have no issues at all they'll they'll transplant nicely and you'll be totally fine from there. And if you'd like to join me, again, the phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I got a text from Joyce. Loved plant prod fertilizer. It's almost disappeared off store shelves. I totally agree, and that's why I created um, our Green It Up fertilizer. We were a fairly big proponent of the plant prod good fertilizer, so I got the same formulas that they used to have, the 20-20-20, the 15-30-15, 30-10-10, and we put them into our, our brand 
the Green It Up fertilizers to make sure that we have those good quality fertilizers for our plants. So uh, hopefully that helps you, Joyce, and uh, look forward to seeing you down and uh, come on down. And it says here, I got a text from, I have a May Day tree down that the downy and hairy woodpeckers attacked, leaving some branches with open wounds. Can I fill them with something to help protect the tree? And should I spray the tree with pure spray green? What I would do is just clean it up. For the most part, you're fine. Depends how bad it is. But there is a product called um, Lac Balsam. That's L-A-C, La, more French, I guess. And then Balsam, B-A-L-S-A-M. It's a bark replacement that breathes. I wouldn't fill it with tar or anything like that. Um, the only thing I would use is that lac balsam. You can spray a serenade into there. It's called Natria now. It's a biofungicide, um, and that would help just to make sure that nothing gets in there before you seal it up would definitely help for sure. And I'm going to go to Judy. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, it's about another question about rhubarb. Okay. Except my rhubarb, I have probably a, a large rhubarb patch. I probably have at least six plants there, and they've been in the same spot for about 30 years. Yeah. And I used to get beautiful rhubarb, but um, now it wants to go to seed almost as soon as it comes up. And last year... Um, it was, I, I didn't get very good rhubarb, hardly any, and the leaves kind of turned a reddish color. Yeah. And uh, so I read online that there was some disease or bacterial, or so, so I need to talk to you about what to do. If it is that, but has it, has, it, has any trees or anything grown over it where it's become shady or anything like that as well? No, okay. um, the soil is very heavy in clay, and and um, there are um, raspberry plants nearby, and the raspberries are starting to come up, move over, and come yeah. up amongst the rhubarb. And that's what I was going to say. You, you got to think of that plant is very. It's a big, heavy feeder too. It's got to produce a lot of foliage and a lot of lot of lot of fruit on it, right? Like all right. the stems. So it's going to need a lot of energy. So unless you've been revitalizing the soil or adding some amendments in there, it's going to struggle. Uh-huh. So what I would recommend is we have the green, Groundskeeper's Pride as well, and that's a great soil amendment okay. that you can add right into the soil and mix in some cocoa moss or potting soil in around it just to build up, or the sea soil, add okay. that in there as well, just to revitalize the soil. It's used up all the energy in there. So that's when other problems come arise, when it's, it's, just, it's nothing, there's nothing left for it to feed on. I didn't know if I was going to have to dig up these plants and throw them away. I would try this first before that. It sounds to me like it's a bit more of just malnourishment and just needs a good revitalization and ensuring that it gets the proper water. Because typically when it goes to seed right away, it's stressed out because it thinks it just has to reproduce right away. And that's what plants do when they stress out. A lot of them, they'll just send their blooms out because they think they're, they're in trouble. Like even a spruce tree, if you get tons of pine cone or spruce cones or, or seed cones or anything on any of your coniferous trees, if there's abundance of it, typically when they're stressed out is when they go to seed like that. I, I would tend to think the soil is more on the wet side because it's the no, and it's clay. Not, yeah, it's not really wet, so that's why even adding organic matter, um, it's just there's nothing left in it. Like There's no nourishment for it. 
Okay. So it's not really even the soil. You just want to get some food back into it. And that's where the Ground Seeper's Pride, the fertilizer, you mix that in there. It's a great soil amendment. And okay. and do that. Or even our lawn fertilizer would work great. You can mix that in. It's a slow-release fertilizer. Mix a few cups of that around into dig it into the soil um, with some compost or something just to get some just get some life back into the soil. All right? Okay. Give that uh, a try and, and then let me know how that works. And you don't think the raspberries are a problem? Well, no. Well, they, they keep creeping in. You got more and more stealing all the nourishment yes. out of it. So, again, feed your raspberries. Feed those. Um, get most of your, your fruiting vegetables and trees and shrubs like that on a good feeding program, and okay. everything will be happier. A good 15, 30, 15. But work on the soil a bit, too. That's where it all starts. Okay. All right? Thank Thanks, you. Judy. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Genevieve. Good morning. Good morning, Meryl. How are you? Love your show. Thank you so much. Okay, I have a Saskatoon bush in the middle of my yard, Okay, and it's like five feet high right now. It has beautiful uh, fruit on it, and I'd like to know if I could cut it back when it starts growing about a foot or so. I don't want to grow in very tall like they do at the Saskatoon farm. Yeah, no, definitely. So as it when it gets a new growth, just just trim those back like halfway when they send out that new growth. Okay. And then that'll make all the difference because it, it'll keep them thick. If, but it's just when you let them get big and then try to cut them back, yep. that opens up the wounds and then they don't heal right. And that invites disease and different things into them and they don't like it as much. Oh. So if you just do it when the new growth comes out, just trim off the new growth. And, all through the summer? Or? Yeah, well, as it, as it spits up because then it'll thicken up lower down. So just sort of keep it at the height. But do it when the new growth comes. Don't wait till it gets old. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's sure doing so good yeah no that way it'll keep fruiting that way as well and it's quite and it's quite bushy that's awesome and it'll make that this will help thicken it up as well okay all righty won't hurt it trimming it back no 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 that's the best time is when it's nice and thin and the and the and the branches are still green okay before the turn to bark you know what i mean yes yes that's the best time thank you all right and i'd like to tell you my christmas cactus the white one is in full blossoms awesome and some of them are starting to burst out. It's Beautiful. A, it's a, it's going to be an Easter cactus now. Yeah, white Christmas cactus. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All Thank right. Thank you. All right. Okay. Thank you Bye-bye. so much for sharing. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Tim. Good morning, Tim. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. How can we help you? Well, I severely pruned an elm tree about 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Right, right down to all of the branches. Yeah. Uh, there was a little damage, windstorm. Yep. And it got carried away. Yep. And it's completely scalloped, but there's six or seven large limbs on a 12 inch diameter trunk. Yeah. What are my expectations for that coming back? <laughs> um, you don't live on Elbow Drive, do you? No. Just off elbow. Okay. I was driving down elbow drive a couple of years ago, and there was a guy who had a row of these gorgeous elms, and he did that. He cut them all back to the trunk almost. I'm just like, I almost felt like in this ring in his neck when I went by there. But anyways, oh <laughs> it's it's just, it's so, it's not good. Like, elm trees aren't, like, 
I would really get it assessed because you might be just wasting your time and creating a whole bunch because it's going to grow and you're going to get a whole bunch of weak points to it. Right. And and then it just, if you if you want, you can send me a picture to the store. You can text me or, or email me a picture to info at S or even let's talk gardening at S-I-U-G-C dot C-A. That's Bruce it up garden center dot C-A. Let's talk garden. Yeah, just okay. text me a picture or, or email me a picture and let me have a look at it. Mark and I'll have a look at it and we'll see if we can uh, give you any advice on what you can do with it or if sure. it's even well, worth. Yeah, okay. Uh, one more one more time. What was the email address? Um, let's talk gardening yeah. at S-I-U-G-C dot C-A. Okay, good. Okay, wish me luck. All right. Thanks, Tim. I hope we can help you out. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. And uh, as Tim knows and, and other people know, you can only cut once. Um, and once those branches are off, you cannot glue them back on. Um, so <laughs> I recommend make sure you cut slow. Don't get caught up in the middle of a tree. It's one of the worst spots to be if you're just up there looking up, cutting away. Because when you step back, a lot of times it doesn't look like it does in your mind. So anyways... Call a professional if you need some help or just really take your time. Thanks for joining me again today on Let's Talk Gardening here on 770 CHQR.